Hey everybody, welcome back to Tech Talk Thursday. Today on Brookville Group's podcast, we have Ben Timmerman and Daniel Abdallah. So Ben, what is your title here at the Brookville Group? Yep, so I am the Director of Software Development here at the Brookfield Group, doing all things software and databases and wonderful stuff like that. Nerdy stuff. Love it. That's a fun nerdy stuff. Are those nerds on the desk that I see there? We right bring those in the frame. Yes, one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite candies. One of, not Yeah, that me. is wrong, but we, we, won't, we won't dwell that, on that. Hot yeah, tamales are my favorite. Yeah, nope, wrong again. As ASICs are my favorite tennis shoe. Favorite tennis shoe. Ooh. Favorite tennis shoe? I, no, that's, you can't. That's you can't too pick hard. One. Top, can't pick one. top three tennis shoes. Oh, it's still difficult. Oh, come on. Are, are we going specifics or just a brand? Just a brand. Or style? Oh, just a brand. Uh, I'd still go with Asics. Hmm. Probably pro- Adidas is probably for me right now. You think? Although, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not sponsored at Adidas. If you want to sponsor me, that'd be great. I already, I already wear it all for free, so I mean, it'd be fine. <laughs> I'm a Nike kid. Nike. So, yeah. Okay, not I bad. guess I'm not a kid anymore, but oh, I mean, you know, if you like, I'm sneakers, still a kid still at heart. Kind of a kid. Yeah. 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 Does everybody's babies have shoes? That uh-huh. Are there brands? Absolutely. Yep. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> I don't know if I have a picture of them in it yet. I don't think my, my kids' feet are not big enough yet to be in shoes. So. I uh, got to put my son in his first pair of Ultra Boosts the other day, so <laughs> nice. it was uh, an exciting day in the, the Timmerman household. So. <laughs> I did, c- courtesy of this guy, get Nike shoe onesies for my two, so nice. that was nice. Yeah, yep. I think I think that I gave you a a, 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 an a track, track suit. suit. Yeah, yep. an Adidas yep. track suit. For, <laughs> it was yep. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we are talking about process improvement. Uh, the difference between program and project management, which I don't think I even know that definition, and uh, stuff like that. So Ben, what is the difference between, or Daniel, anybody, it's up for grabs, difference between program manager and project manager? Yeah. Or the related fields, I don't know. I know, I want to hear it, let me see it. Yeah, so, you know, the, the way I would kind of outline these is, you know, project management is very specific. It's specific to a certain implementation. It's specific to one specific thing that you may be doing. Now, certainly you can kind of bring multiple, uh, projects in and you can be running different things. Whereas program management is much more of an operational perspective. They take it on from uh, how do we need to function and what are the things that we need to do to ensure that the entire business continues to run in an effective manner rather than necessarily just one specific project or one specific implementation. Good to know because my husband is a program manager and now I know what he does. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so would it be safe to say that a program manager might work with multiple project managers? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And we ding, have, ding, 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 ding. We need that bell. Chris, voice in the sky. Thank hey, you. There it is. There, there it is. <laughs> and we have both here at the Brookville Group? Um, Internally, we have people that might function as program managers, but we don't have yep. a defined role for that in our sense. We have a lot of people that wear multiple hats from that standpoint. Um, but we do have um, a few project managers that fill in for both internal roles um, as well as 
um, that we then use that we have for our clients. Um, more specifically, in Ben's um, department, when we're doing software implementations and development and things along those lines, it's very crucial to have a project manager that's keeping things on track, both from the client side as well as internally. Absolutely. So when you say software development, it's not like a fun game on an app. <laughs> what what is that, Ben? Yeah. So, you know, the, the important thing with software, especially when it comes to business is, you know, what function is it driving within your business? So for us, you know, we're doing a lot of projects for companies that, uh, are, are maybe have a gap in an ERP solution and they cannot, you know, resolve some sort of process issue that they may have, uh, in their ERP. So we're creating custom software, in order for them to bridge that gap or fill that fill that divide. And so we're taking software development and we are really creating <laughs> software that's specific to the company's needs and what they're looking for uh, in order to fulfill, you know, a big piece that they view as being able to drive their business forward. So whether that is, uh, submitting timesheets or uh, whether that is, uh, you know, being the beating heart of your ERP system that drives how you bill and how you, um, you know, generate revenue for your company. Both of those things are within our realm and, and things that we do on a regular basis. Because I know another thing that you guys do is um, build and I'll probably get this wrong, build dashboards for yeah. like the CEO <clears throat> so he can have a one shot look at how single pane of glass yes thank yep. you uh, of how everything is functioning right absolutely yeah so we we get heavy into the the bi world right business intelligence getting into power bi you know the the saying is that a, a picture paints a thousand words right and it's absolutely true when you get into the dashboarding world everything and i i truly mean like every single person would probably get glossy-eyed looking at an excel spreadsheet for you know Five 10 seconds. minutes right <laughs> at a, I don't at a know. maximum there's, there's some people out there that ah. probably really like spreadsheets <laughs> taylor so taylor just yeah, <laughs> yeah careful careful but you know like um when you provide that picture to them and not only is that a picture but it's a functional picture it allows them to drill in and be able to see what data is being collected in order to generate this graphic or anything like that it really does paint a thousand words with just one picture and so that's kind of the thing that um you know it's not just a sparkly shiny fun tool it's actually functional for the business and the business can leverage it to drive operations or drive decision making that they need to do uh, in order to move their business forward, keep their business sustainable, you name it. All of these decisions can be made by some of these dashboards that we're creating for our clients. Yeah, I think the main goal whenever we build one is to how is to identify and help the you know business leaders, or business owners or the key decision makers bubble up the actionable items from the data that they have on hand, right? And making it easy to put together a dashboard, pull in all the information. It could be very overwhelming in individual places, but when if you can pull the right pieces up and have it bubble to the surface that you can make quick, actionable decisions on, that's where the value starts to, to come in. And then the fact that it's live data, it's always updating, it's populating all that in, it's a continual barometer on like, okay, how are we doing? We're meeting these goals or we're checking in on this. And um, it just allows quicker decision-making and 
beauty of a lot of it is depending on the stack, where the data is, how it's accessible and things like that, it can be a fairly simple process to simpler process than building a, you know, what it used to be as far as dashboarding goes, the tools that we have available to us today, we can take a lot of data and turn it into something really beautiful to be able to make good decisions off of. Yeah. And like Daniel said, it's in real time. <clears throat> so, you know, for a CEO to see that maybe it's a cash flow dashboard that he has this many things due, but yet he's going to be collecting this much money in this many days and how much is past due, that kind of thing, or, or you can plug into the ERP system again, right? You can just see where everything is flowing real time. You can make real decisions and just say, holy cow, we need to get away from this because this is going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And that also drives the efficiency of the company, right? Absolutely. For sure. Yes, I think on the what's interesting with dashboarding and things like that is kind of getting more into and we're seeing a lot of this is kind of low code or no code solutions, especially on the Microsoft stack. And that's where we're, you know, we, we predominantly sit um, uh, with our clients and what we do internally. But um, I know I know for myself, I use I play with Power Automate quite a bit, which is a Microsoft's um, product inside of that stack. So any of the um, tools or services inside of Microsoft, I can usually tie in with Power Automate and it's, you know, pretty low code type um, deployment solution that can automate some things mm -hmm. for me. Like if I send out a form or some different pieces, I can set it up to automatically send out the right people, do approvals, things like that. And something that can happen. I don't, I don't have to go bother any of our people on our team to make right. that happen, but there's some big value that can happen um, for our clients. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what we've seen, what you've seen as far as like the future of low code, no code type solutions. Yeah. Um, and it's more like business process implementation in some senses. Yeah, some absolutely. Sense. So, you know, when we talk about Microsoft's power platforms, right, that's power apps, that's power automate and power BI. That's, that's kind of their suite of, uh, their power platforms applications. Uh, when we when we talk about these three products, they all work very inherently together, which is phenomenal, right? Power Apps is like a very simple way to be able to generate an application or generate forms uh, within a mobile device without having to spin up a a Xamarin application or a React Native application or anything like that. Um, and so when we talk about you know it's low code. The benefit here is that we're talking about time, right? Time is the big thing. You know, in order to spin up Xamarin, I know that we, our team, are going to have to have, you know, probably four to six weeks in order to get oh, wow. everything set up, prepped, ready before we can get to a point where we can start turning screens over. And with, with Power Apps, you know, you can do that in, I don't know, hour and a half, maybe. Wow. Yeah, especially if there's templates already built exactly. and there's a, there's a community yeah. behind it. So it's it's a pretty cool platform that I know we've used to kind of um, yep. prototype or kind of get something together that we can work with while we're trying to figure out is there more development needed or um, allows us to play with different things for clients that um, allow us to get something in their hand to get immediate feedback. Yeah. And it's, and it's really versatile, right? So, so let's talk power apps, right? Power apps, we can... We can do inventory management in Power Apps. We've done it for clients. Mm -hmm. We can do, you know, just simple things like form transactions that, you know, maybe somebody out in the field needs to generate a letter or a letter service that goes out to a client or anything like that based on a visit that they do in, in the field. Like we can generate all of that just by this Power Apps and then we, we layer on Power Automate on top of it, which 
again, it's think about its name. It's it's automation at its finest. And it's taking some of these things that maybe they're doing, whether it be in SharePoint or power or power apps, they're they're actually taking that and automating the steps afterwards. So once they hit submit on say their data in a power app, it may be generating a PDF, attaching that PDF to an email and sending an email with not only just the PDF attached, but an actual body that has, you know, unique characteristics that identify to the customer, to some of the things that they've identified in the PDF itself as well. And so, you know, all of these things, it's, it's time, it's saving time, it's, creating time for, you know, employees to be able to do other things to be more productive. Yeah. And I think the thing that there's some misconception when it says like, when we say like low code or no code, it doesn't mean that it can't be complicated or complex or anything like that, that there isn't thought that still needs to go into it. Um, It just helps get to solutions faster once the once you've actually defined what you need to do. And um, there are some ways where, you know, they have templates out there that can allow us to do things much quicker, but that doesn't mean that there isn't complexity in designing the solution still. So, um, you know, low code and no code is, um, it's, you know, initially might think, oh, well, that's easy. A bit deceiving. But (laughs) it is easier. There's still complexity behind the scene to make sure things work properly, but um, it definitely helps us reduce in certain situations like the time to getting something out into the field for use for sure Um, and then also can lead us into deciding do we need to go further do we need to go into a bigger project or anything like that or is this good enough and um, we've definitely had both of those types of situations come up yeah i I think power bi is where we see that most notably right because when it comes to power bi you're you're ingesting data and if their data is not in a manner that can be ingested, a lot has to go into that. And what happens if you have silos of data that we can't, you know, pull everything in? How do we create this, you know, data lake, if you will? Yeah, uh, dirty to be able data to that ro- needs to be clean <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. That's yeah, that's the, the pond scum that needs yeah, to exactly. be exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, Power BI is kind of one of those where like you could be walking into something and have it spun up in no time, or you have to do a lot of work in the data to make sure that, you know, your reporting is true and accurate and actually providing the insights that you need in the business. Yeah. And then the final deliverable is, um, deceiving. It becomes so simple to use it and navigate it. that you are like, Oh, well, why did it take so long to get to here? And it's like, (laughs) well, because your data was garbage and we had to clean it all up. Right. So, also, it could be like watching someone play banjo and you think, oh, I can do that. And then you like, get it and he's oh, like, yeah, I can't do that. metal picks and weird. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. But that's why Ben's team works so closely with all of our clients because each solution is different for different people. Something that's important to one company may not be important to another. So yeah. there's a lot of fact finding that goes in before they actually start the work. So your team has been on board here for a little over two years. Is that right? Uh, coming up on, I think it's three years now, three right? Years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was three years. pretty close to that. So anyway, yeah. just wanted to dip our toe in the water for what you heard today and just know that Brookfield Group's not just about technology and computers, but it's also about business operations. So if you have any questions, reach out to any of us here and we'll be happy to answer them for you. Thanks for joining us today.